This week with Voices on the Mountain, we have Dr. Stephen Wong and Asher Loring. We're going to talk about, what are we going to talk about? We're going to talk about points and their names. Yeah, let's get some of those points. Yeah. So we learned the numbers here in America. They don't tell you a lot <laughs> about the point. They tell you in what order they fall in numerically, but that's about it. Uh, when talking to Stephen, you usually have to use the pinion at the very least a translation of the English name to get him to know where the point is, or you can just tell him where the point is. Yeah. I'll take anatomical or even just a, a finger pointing, right? This one, this one over here. Yeah. That one. But the names tell us a lot about what's in what the point is for and what it's doing there. it gives you a little bit more context. And sometimes the point translations that we get out of dead men aren't super accurate. So the first time I remembered Stephen dropping a point name knowledge was in clinic form. And the previous one we had just talked about, everyone's favorite point, Dusan Lean, stomach 36. And the professor before was like, oh yeah, you know, if you need to walk an extra three miles, you massage this point and boom, you're like, you're ready to go. You know, it's there to energize you. And Stephen came in on the next forum and he was like, that is the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. What are you guys talking about? I'm not opinionated, dude. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Of course I'm opinionated. No, no, no. I'm a bitch sometimes. I'll, I'll take it. I take it. <laughs> I I don't think bitch is right. I, I prefer, because I've been called judgmental, I prefer highly delineating. Ooh, okay. Yeah. Highly delineating Yeah. Uh, and strong feelings about yeah, authenticity. Yeah. It's like I delineate between what is useful and what is bullshit. Hmm. I dig it. I'll take that. Yeah. It sure sounds nicer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, Zusan Lee, what's it mean, Stephen? Okay. So, Zusan Lee, um, I'm going to lay down a couple of things. First of all, I really appreciate people trying to learn their point names. So, even when th- things get, you know, hilariously off track or not hilariously, you know, just, but just like, it's adorable. You know, I should, I don't want to, I don't want to go into it, but what I mean is, you know, if you miss the mark, you miss the mark, but at least try. And I always tell people, at least in America, like you don't have to be a master of Chinese. I would recommend you learn some because people here often have this um, kind of nagging feeling in the back of their head. A lot of times that they're missing stuff. And part of the time is because we're really missing stuff, right? I mean, like, look at Machocha's books. He misses stuff. But the problem here is, what is he missing? It doesn't mean everything in Machocha's books is wrong. It just means he's missing stuff. And so you got to, and he's getting some things wrong. Some things aren't even in the book, all that sort of thing. But how how are you going to know? Well, learn a little Chinese. And again, I don't expect anybody to be learn, reading textbooks in Chinese anytime soon. But the more you know, the less you have to worry that you're missing stuff or that you're overlooking stuff. So I think it's an empowering thing for people. I know it's it's a big um, daunting task to try and pick up Chinese, but just start, you know, just start somewhere. So anyway, going back to Zhu um, people directly translate that and that they get into a little bit of trouble, but at least they're trying, you know, give them props out, shout out to that. But the big one is they'll probably use some sort of like, I don't know, dictionary and just input them one at a time and they get foot three mile. And that's a big problem. Foot, I think we all understand. It's not actually your feet. It's your feet channels, right? Which is actually your lower body channels. So it's not just that your feet work better. It's literally your lower body channels, but that's not too hard to figure out. Three, 
it is, you know, there's, there are some ways that we read into numbers differently, but this really is three. And then that last word mile, people are like, really? So if I, if I push this or I needle this, I can walk three more miles. What if I go up to my hand point? Was that large intestine 10? That's hand show, shows on me. So does that mean I get to like handstand three more miles? Like, what does that mean? If this Lee means miles, tell me what's going on, right? And they're like, oh no, that one's also good for miles. Really? On my large intestine channel? Like nobody uses that for that anyway. Um, so the point here is that um, they're missing that Lee is actually a reference to the, the stomach's great law. So big shout out to the Neijing here. There's actually 16 law but there's only 15 law points. So we got all 12 law and we've got um, the Ren and the Du, but then we also have the spleen great law, which makes 15. And of course we have that spleen point, Da Bao. I think that's 21, right? Yeah. And then we also have the stomach's great law, but it doesn't have a point. So it's there's a law, but there's no law point for that one. That's the 16th law. So, this one actually in the in this is in the Neijing. This is all coming straight out of the Neijing. And in fact, not only does this law exist, but it has its own name, and it's called Xu Li. And hence, that Li is a reference to the stomach, right? Or in this case, the entire abdomen. What we refer to the three different abdominal compartments. So Shou San Li is treating the upper third of the abdomen and stomach tract the middle third, and the bottom third, hence all three parts of that gastrointestinal tract. Wow. I didn't even know about the stomach great low. That's oh, so yeah. interesting. It seems very vital and yet missed. Is the shoe uh, just a hole? Is that the same back shoe? Kind Actually, of shoe? shoe XU. Uh, yeah, XU. Oh. So today we're also going to go over some key points. Shang ju shu, xia ju shu. Those stomach points, mm. uh, they come after. So I guess 37 and... 39. Thank the you. other seas of blood. The seas of blood. New Netflix special. Um, <laughs> no one saw that coming. Yeah, exactly. Um, so that's that shu. But it doesn't mean deficient. It is the same word as deficient. So shu and sure, xu. But in this case, that's why those point names wouldn't make sense. Like, why would we hit a point that's called deficiency? Like... Right. It's because it's not referring to deficiency. It's referring to the stomach great law. And it also is, brings us to an interesting point too. Why in the world are there great law? Da law. Why, why do they have these? Well, it's no coincidence that one's the spleen and one's the stomach because everything comes from your spleen and stomach. That's all your hotin. That's all the postnatal. Everything comes from spleen and stomach. Yeah. And very useful to have the lateral, the lateral collaterals that are going out um, yeah. and nourishing everything. Totally. Seems beneficial for the body to not just go up longitudinally. Yeah. The Neijing even tells us where the, the great law of the, where it goes, you know, so it, like it's the stomach law is actually pretty small. It's right there just kind of peripherally around the epigastric area and then goes in. Um, we can actually, we'll do that later. We'll, we'll do that one uh, word for word for y'all because I think we should do, probably do a channels episode where we okay. can do at least some of the channels, but like just explain to people like where should you get your channels from? Dun aging, you know. And sometimes dead men will will add some things, yeah. Yeah. I haven't read them all, but I, I started the lung channel. I was like, enough of this. There's nothing that refers to a throat. 
So you first dropped some of this knowledge on me years ago, and then I've had some time to think about it. And I've also reviewed some more points. And then, you know, the other day I ran into some more Lee points. Mm-hmm. Um, Zhu Wu Li. Yeah, very nice. On the liver channel. Um, I don't know what number that's going to be. I want to guess 10, but it could be wrong. could be 11. That sounds right. I, I'm literally the worst person to ask that question to. <laughs> and then the other one would be Shao uh, Li, which is also going to be on the large <laughs> intestine channel. So my question for you is going to be, are these Li the same Li? They're translated as Miles. They have the same character. What's going on here? Solid. So when it comes to these Li, um, by the way, every point, you know, there's some crossover. There's multiple words describing things. So it's true. You know, you got you to gotta learn everything in context. You got to see what channel it's on. You got to see what it does, all those things to really get the kind of breadth of whatever is going on. So the key here is it's still the hand and foot. And we haven't really gone over that yet. But in general, hand points tend to treat the exterior much better or external pathogens better. And foot points tend to treat internal function um, or in this case, often dysfunction much better. Um, and that's just because the upper part of our body is more exterior and the deeper part of our body is more interior. Shout out to the triple burner for all you guys. If you guys notice that the upper burner isn't just vertically higher, it's actually more superficial. The middle burner going inward and then the lower burner isn't just lower vertically in your body. It's actually the deeper center of your body. Nice. I think I missed that, but that's a nice correlation and pattern there. So you can see that correlates to the hand and the foot idea here. The Shouli and the Zuli, um, we've got here uh, the hand and foot, so we still get that correlation. We'll talk a little bit more about that when we talk about Shousanli versus Shouli uh, or Zuzanli. Then here, the Wu can actually refer to two different things. So it is a different number. It's five, but that actually refers to a couple different things, and there is some controversy on this one. So first thing that some people say is that five is a spleen number because one, two... Uh, is wood number, three, four, heart, fire number, five, six, spleen number. Yeah, I think I've heard that too, where it's like you have the four directions and then they they circle around the fifth. And the same thing where you put the five elements in a wheel and put the spleen in the center of the spoke. So that would be the fifth point that then is turning it, the other four. Totally. Kind of the quote-unquote fifth season, the fifth direction, which is the center. Yeah, so the five, it, Wu could refer to all of those. It's reasonable because obviously we don't have five compartments in our three-compartment digestive area. <laughs> right, okay, yeah. Um, so that's one understanding of Wu. But here's an interesting point. So when we talk about the three different um, Wan or the three different uh, Li, as we were mentioning before, it's actually those are two words are interchangeable. When we really talk about those three compartments, what we're really doing is we're subdividing the middle and the lower burner into three parts. So we're leaving off the upper burner. We just got middle and lower because we're starting at stomach. We know that makes sense, right? GI. So once we start in the middle, we actually take the top two thirds of that middle burner and we call that a separate name. That's the first or upper one. That's also called the upper Li. And hence, you know, that's why one and Li are interchangeable. Well, then what's the second one? It's the bottom third of that middle burner and the top third of the lower burner. So right around perinavel area, that's the middle Zhongwan or middle Li, uh, middle Wan or middle Li. And then the lower one, that's the bottom two-thirds of 
the triple, uh, the, the third lower burner. Huh. And cause I'm just the, in the description of the, of the upper two thirds made me think of, uh, kind of how that's the spleen channel kind of, uh, comes in and almost is like the pancreas and the stomach and the mm-hmm. small intestine, the top part of the small intestine. Yeah. All kind of like do I mesh know? nicely with that primary spleen channel. Heck yeah. And it's very digestive focused. Like that's where, you know, most of your digestion is happening. Totally. That's where certainly all the exocrine stuff is, like the duodenum where the bile and the enzymes and everything are coming in. Yep. All the best sphincters. And then the lower, it's a fun word to say. Yeah. Sphincter Vadi's there. Who doesn't want to name a sphincter? No way. It's named after a person? I think Adi is, yeah, I think that's the dude's name. That's terrible. I would would hate to have anything. (laughs) No sphincters? No Asher sphincter? No. Please, God, no. Uh, a Wong sphincter would be funny, though. This is a Wong sphincter. Yeah, because <laughs> I feel like Germans would, I don't know, that's my bad German accent, but I feel like they were the ones who were figuring it out. This is the Wong sphincter. <laughs> so the lower two-thirds, no, the, say the last part again, the lower bit of the of The, the lower, third one? The lower yeah, one? The, that's yeah. the lower two-thirds of the, of the lower burner. So if you want to roughly describe this, it's just like Asher was saying, it's stomach and duodenum at top. So that definitely includes where the bile is coming in, all that stuff. It's perinavel in the middle, right around your belly button. And then it's large intestine on the way out. And that's the lower part. Okay. Do we throw the bladder in on the on the lower one too? We could. But the interesting thing is when we subdivide like this, we're actually mostly just talking about the digestive tract. Got it. And yeah. Awesome. So how does this tie back to the to the five? Oh, yes. By the way, tie, as in tie yin. How do we tie this one yin? Yeah. Give me, give me the greater knowledge base here. Stella. Oh, snap, dude. Asher is, he's bilingualing me. Um, this is a good, good pun, man. Um, so, yeah, the five can correlate to um, that middle burner right? Five, six, or also the two stomach spleen um, numbers. Uh, it can refer to the middle being the fifth direction, the fifth, all that. And then I would point to another option. That th- that other option is, well, okay, we've got all three li covered. We know that that's, that's there. That makes tons of sense. We use Susan Li for upper, middle, and lower digestive tract problems. That one all makes sense. But where in the world could we get four and five? And what would that be? And if you think about it, when we're talking about this specifically, not again as burners, because remember, burners are large, right? There's no way to say the heart is more of an upper burner or the lung is more of an upper burner. It's just the upper burner. It's the entire cavity of that upper cavity of the torso. Well, when it comes to the Wan and the Li, we're really talking about the tract, but there are helpers. It's not just the stomach tube, stomach and large intestine tube. And if you think about what are the two best helpers, liver, gallbladder. And if you add that up together, Arguably, you get the five different components. Well, then how would we make sense of this? Because this is a really good way of people being like, okay, well, there are different ideas. How can we make sense of this contextually? Go to the indications and go to see what those points are for. So if you go to Zuli, uh, um, according to Zhenjiu uh, Dacheng, uh, one of the best books on tons of acupuncture stuff, uh, Ming Dynasty, um, it says it's good for abdominal fullness, or they call it fu zhong man. And we'd say, okay, well, what does that mean? 
actually a lot of times what we're talking about there is ascites. So this is liver really blocked up, right? Could be cirrhosis. It could be other things, jaundice, where that fluid is dropping into the abdomen. Well, again, it's the liver gallbladder problem, even though the liver and gallbladder are not technically part of that tract, right? The GI tract, if we're going to call it specifically just starting at the stomach and ending at the anus. And then you could say, well, okay, well, what else is zu wu li for? So fuzhong man is one of them. It's also good for ru bi bu de so, which means nyao, um, which means urine. Um, so it means they've got hot blockages that where they can't urinate. That is like one of the best descriptions for most jaundices. It's a hot blockage in the liver gallbladder that doesn't allow the person to urinate, and therefore they get this buildup of what we call danger gallbladder juice, uh-huh, second only to beetle juice. Um, and so then they lose their urination function and they can't clear it out. So for any of you guys out there treating jaundice patients, we have incredible herbs for this. But don't forget yinchen haotong for damp heat jaundice, which is the most common one, has to have jerza because it opens up the urination. So that was a long way, roundabout way for me to say uh, heat blockages that can't urinate sure does look a lot like jaundice. Um, and so you start seeing, oh, this liver point called zuwuli on the liver channel, of course, looks like it's great. Well, what about shouwuli? It's not on the liver channel. Let's see what that does. So also from Jinjo Dachong, it says it treats a number of things. First thing it says it, it treats is uh, coughing blood uh, and vomiting blood. And for those of you out there who treat a lot of um, lung issues and so forth, you'll know that one of the most common ways that we get lung bleeding and coughing up blood is actually liver fire transmitting directly to the lungs. So this is an internal fire, not an external fire. Still, we pull in some livery stuff and they're like, okay, well, how full? And then, it, or how, how, uh, how connected? Let's see if there's anything else. It also says, xinxia zhangman, uh, fullness and distension underneath the heart. Oof, getting pretty close. Shen huang, the body is yellow. That's literally... Jaundice. We just literally said jaundice. It also says shi yu wei ru and luo li, which means uh, uh, periodically there's slight fever, which means could translate to intermittent fever and chills. Shout out to the shaoyang layer. And luo li, which is blockages along the liver gallbladder channel in the neck. It's a large intestine point. Why is it so liver gallbladder focused? It's up to you, but I would say because the wu, the five, is referring to, is including the liver gallbladder in there. And shout out to liver gallbladder. Liver, zong, transports for spleen, zong. Gallbladder, fu, transports for stomach, fu. Nice. Well, I think that was a very good uh, synthesis and thesis put forward by you. Definitely definitely got me turned on to that. Yeah, the other things that make me think about the, the large intestine, you know, we use it to treat liver in other ways, too. I mean, you know. The four gates would be like the most most common one where people are using, because uh, they always say, "Oh, they have liver chi stagnation." Use the four gates. Not my personal favorite, but if if you're doing that, you know, part of your idea, I think, should probably include that the large intestine is is treating the liver in some way. Mm. Uh, you have metal controlling wood, and you also have the branch pair connection that we use um, in the dong styles or the balance method, hmm. where arm arm yang ming is going to treat leg joy in i dig it i dig all three of those man yeah the four gates is a fascinating one we could maybe we'll add that on a little bit today too yeah a whole 
a whole uh, episode just on the four gates and four gates. Is it, is, should it be used as often as it's being used or is it just a powerful combination that you know can get results but maybe not the results that you actually want exactly and there's some fun chinese medicine even like Neijing anatomy that goes involved in there Ooh. Yeah. Well, okay, well, let's just do it now then. So right. my the first thing that I thought of when we learned the four gates, and this is how I would go through school, is that you know, you're given indications by teachers, you're given a protocol that's very powerful. And so my thing was, okay, like try to explain what they're doing, how it's working, you know, what's what's the real juice behind the magic. Heck Not yeah. just just use magic because it's magical. Let's figure it out. So one of my first ones was was the branch pair par connection, but then also the the anatomical, where if you put your thumb over your big toe, you could stab through Hegu and hit Tai Chong. Yes. Where, like, they are pretty much uh, mirror. mirror points. Yeah, on there. And then the last one that I found, which was way later, I was looking at divergent channels because I don't understand anything about divergent channels except that they're there and that they're doing stuff. That they diverge. Yeah, yeah, that they diverge. Maybe they're deeper, maybe they're not. I don't know what they're doing, man. Oh, we'll get there. But the most divergent channels break off knees and elbows or above, right? That's like the the main pattern. But the liver and the large intestine are the exceptions, and they and they pull off right around liver three and large intestine four or Tai Chong and Pegu. Mm-hmm. I don't know the exact uh, a text where they describe where it comes off. That might give us more more hints as to where exactly anatomically. But based off of the descriptions and drawings I've seen, it's in that general vicinity. Love that addition, dude. Well played. Um, yeah, totally. I love that last one about the divergence, man. We gotta, we'll, we'll definitely do some more on that divergenty stuff, and also just all the different layers. So totally solid knowledge on that one, Asher. Um, the there's another thing too, which is if you go back to even the Neijing and stuff, um, you know, Chibo is telling us where's this. Uh, the anatomy and everything else like that. And they talk about um, what's called qigu, which is actually the same qi as qibo. For any of you kind of keeping track at home, that's the guy who, that's one of the two people in the, the Neijing, one of the two uh, names. The other one being the emperor, of course. And then uh, the, his word qi is actually the word for divergent or to split. And the bone spacing, this kind of big V shape between our thumb and our forefinger, as well as our large toe and our second toe, big toe or second toe is called chigu because it's got the bigger spacing than does any other of those five digits and so uh what does chi mean it means to diverge it means to to open up it means a, a space like a valley much larger than any others and so we know from chinese medicine that when you have these larger valleys the whole point is how do you connect it well there happens to be a point in the middle of both of those in fact uh right? The one up at top, we all know it's called Hogu, right? Number four, large intestine four. That means combine the valley, like literally reconnect the valley. And so what this is telling us is that we have a way of connecting the thumb to all other four fingers, meaning we can connect all the hand channels together. And anatomically, if we do the same thing on the bottom, we'll connect all the foot channels together. So it's not that the four gates necessarily open all liver chi, but they do connect the hand channels together and the foot channels together simultaneously. That's a lot of gates. That's a lot of gates to open. Yeah. Uh, how flexible are your are your toes? Because I cannot touch my big toe to anything besides the one right next to it. 
Oh, you mean like as in far the same as way. Divergent? Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, everyone, my partner's got a little bit more flexible toes than me, but other than that, uh, I think maybe some of the crazy ones could get to the third toe. <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll work on it. Yeah. That's a little homework for all you listeners out there. Yeah. Did you have a, because we kind of glazed right over the Shaosan Li, the large intestine 10. Oh, nice. Uh, Shaosan Li, yeah. Yeah, they definitely talk about mic or matching that when you do stomach 36. Zhuosan Li, they're like, oh, they have the same name, use them at the same time. Ooh. Is it just rebuffering, uh, redoing of Zhuosan Li, or does it have its own kind of function separate? So silent, dude. So uh, when it comes to Shaosan Li, um, the big difference is that it's a show. It's a hand point instead of, or an upper body point versus zu. And w- this is exactly the sort of, I'd, I'd recommend people get into this idea. Well, we said the upper ones are for external pathogens and so forth. So what is it really the best at? Food poisoning and other stuff, but it's where these external pathogens are coming in, causing vomiting, causing diarrhea, stomach pain, all the classic stuff. But there's an external pathogen to it. And what's the foot zuusanli for? Internal spleen and stomach um, deficiency, right? And so when we're talking about how do we strengthen that organ function, zuusanli, but how do we clear an external function um, or an external pathogen, shosanli? So a good example is um, actually one of my herb students. She's great. She's really dedicated. She's in Costa Rica. I'll give her a shout out um, when you guys, if any of you guys are heading to Costa Rica, you should look her up. She's great. Um, anyway, she's got a, um, one of her um, two kids, he had like a big bad tummy ache um, and probably ate something funny, but she knew it was like she could identify yeah, it was probably some food poisoning. And since they're kids, all you pretty much need is your hands. And so she just rubbed Shosan Lee for a couple minutes and he vomited. They started running around just like he was like a normal kid again because it just gets it out, right? It clears external pathogens really well. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That doesn't really work that well on adults, but you know, for kitties, they're so sensitive that usually if they're under three or five or so, you can get some really good results. Even up to like 10, we can use kid toyna, but pediatric toyna is insanely useful for the little ones. But up once they get to like five or seven, it starts waning in efficacy. Gotcha. In the Dong method, they will talk about the hands being in the lower extremities on the, on the arms being. I guess it's the upper, more distal extremities. Yeah. Being uh, yang within yang. And then as you get into the upper forearm and shoulder, it's uh, yin within yang. That's right. And then the the leg's foot being uh, yang within yin. Uh-huh. And then the thighs being yin within yin. Really? They don't say the feet is yin within yin. They're saying the thighs are yin within yin. Yeah, because the thighs being yin within yin, I think because they're like huge musculature you know, big arteries are going through there. That's interesting. Yeah. That's interesting. The, the bottom, the upper ones, heck yeah, heck yeah. The bottom ones, that be, that's interesting to think about because a lot of Neijing quotes will talk about how, like, so for instance, dampness is a yin pathogen, so it attacks our feet first because it's the most yin area. Mm. And wind being a yang pathogen, even though it has a yin effect in the body, but it is a yang pathogen. And so it affects the upper part of our body, i.e. the back of our neck first. Sure. So I'm, I'm thinking about this with patients because it's like, on the one hand, yeah, for sure, like the cankles 
and the edema, like, we'll, we'll go there first. But then on the other hand, there's a lot of people that will store a bunch of, I don't know, extra fat or um, in the thighs. True. And so you're saying... Yeah, or like one of the first things to like eat up that dampness and get big on on a person's body who's getting bigger. Yeah, and where we're storing fat, I love what Asher's thinking about. It's kind of where we're storing yin, but the whole musculature is also that's also another one because we think the bigger, stronger muscles would be the yang within yin, right? I don't know. It's fascinating. I have to, we have to watch you battle it out with. A, I should find a, <laughs> a master dong practitioner for you to battle out. With be, dude, here. let's do it. Let's bring. Battle I mean, it, of course, in the most collegiate way, but it'd be great to get that on here. Yeah, totally. Interestingly, from a Bagua perspective or any sort of internal martial arts perspective, all of our movement in Bagua definitively comes from our calves. So um, I always thought it was feet, you know, just usually people say like punch with your foot, which makes sense, be rooted, right? But it's actually the muscular explosion that happens in the um, calf that really fuels all of Bagua. I didn't learn this until my uh, my Bagua master in Beijing, I got to study with for four years, Master Gao Ji Wu. Um, and he's 80, you know, he's just so healthy and so strong for um, his age too. Man, he, he could just toss us around, no problem, no problem. And he's 80. Um, but it doesn't matter how big you come, he'll show you all the good stuff. And uh, just super wonderful gentleman too, like literally the, um, you know, the definition of like what we're all aiming for not just martially, but also, you know, humanistically. Anyway, he it was so funny because one time I was there studying with him. He's so darn diligent. He's there like really early every morning. And he was like, Stephen, feel my calf. And I was like, okay, all right. I'm feeling old people's calves in the park. I got this. Um, but you feel his calf and you feel the muscular explosion anytime he wants to move. It's all fueled from right from that calf. Um, and so, yes, it's the lower limb below the knee that's fueling. But I just guess I always assumed it was our foot. According to Master Gao, it's actually our calf. So that's why one might say that that's the root of all movement. So however you want to say the yin within yin or yang within yin, depending on how you you see that. And then the the larger quad, which gets a lot of the credit, is actually the second one. It's not the primary impulse for movement. Yeah, no, I like that. I think that for me, in my mind, that fits with the yang within yin because it's the movement out of out of stillness. Um, the initial motive force, but that makes a lot of sense with the mud walking in the Bagua that the calves would be doing so much of the, of the lifting. Oh, you know, the mud walking. I think that, and then the, the qua, how mm-hmm. do you say the, the pelvis? Yep. You said you it exactly right, qua. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of subtleties in the qua. I don't think it's by any means like the definitive force, but there's so much intricacies that have to be played out right through the qua oh, for so true. things to translate. Um, into proper movement or you might say it's not the source of linear movement but it is the source of rotational movement oh yeah sure right and since Bagua loves the spiral and how often are you just uh, working linearly in any kind of uh practice you know like oh, yeah and then you look at how bagua practitioners hit it's always this spiral drilling force um mm. and so you just get it's incredible what you can do in six inches you know of space if you just try and linearly move through that, not going to do all. You rotate through that, you get so many interesting variations of force. Sure, that's the one-inch punch too. Then, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's the Bruce Lee nicknamed it that, but yeah, it's the same idea. How do you get maximum, you know, explosion, all that stuff? Right. 
come back next week for the second part of this episode.